Welcome, professional wrestling fans, to the PW Fan. The PW Fan is a pro wrestling podcast created by the fans for the fans. And thank you for joining us. This is episode 62. I am your host, the grumpy old school wrestling fan, collector, barber, and singer of Fallbright, talk wrestling, Tim Gilbert. And I'm your host, the architect of pro wrestling podcast, Funko Pop Collector, Steelers fan, who are currently playing the Indianapolis Colts right now, Andy. Well, hang on. Something's not right. Where's our third man? Who's the third man? Who's the third man? Jamie. Uh, Jeremy is out sick today, guys. He's not feeling well. Um, so we're wishing him a speedy recovery. And uh, Jeremy, we love you, buddy. Obviously, it's not the same without you here. It even feels doing the show. Uh, even even feels weird doing the show without him here. But Jeremy insisted. So obviously, we wanted to get the episode out for you guys. So it's just the Forrester bros today. But uh, we wish Jeremy was here. He's such an important, integral part of the show. And uh yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you feel better and we get you next week. All right. In this episode today, we will be discussing William Regal and John Moxley's volatile relationship, Bray Wyatt, Survivor Series War Games, and more. Before we get started on today's show, please head on over to YouTube. Look for the PW Fan on YouTube. You'll find all of our episodes from last year and what we got so far from this year. Bunch of video content and uh, shorts. Once we get to a successful 100 subscribers, we'll be able to make an official URL so we don't have to keep doing this long-winded intro. And I've been saying that intro every week, right? But uh, thank you guys so much for the ones that who have liked and subscribed. Uh, we really appreciate it. T-shirts. Uh, love every... You know, anytime we see people wearing a shirt in public or uh, sending a picture, and it's so cool. A lot of my coworkers wear them all the time. It always makes me happy. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash the PW fan. Three different designs your one and two pocket logo tee, and then a big front logo t shirt. All other social media, you just look up at the PW fan, and we should, prop, uh, we should pop right up. Andy, just you and I today. I'm going to send it over to you and let you get started like always. All right, buddy. All right. Well, because we had a WWE pay-per-view coming up this weekend, Raw and SmackDown this week were, as I always say, go-home shows before the pay-per-view to kind of wrap up some storylines, add in a little uh, something extra before the uh, pay-per-view starts. Uh, so Raw this week opened up with Kevin Owens, um, who on the SmackDown before had uh, joined, let's say, Sheamus, we'll call it Sheamus's team because I can't really call it the babyface team because Bloodline is kind of, at least with the audience, is a babyface. So I'm going to be giving the team names for war games just uh, like their team captains. So uh, Kevin Owens joined Team Sheamus um, and uh, brought out the Brawling Brutes and uh, Drew McIntyre uh, out to the show. And he talked about how, you know, he has some unfinished business with Roman Reigns. Um, if you all remember during the pandemic, he had a couple pay-per-view matches with Roman and every time someone got involved and kind of cost him uh, the match. So Kevin Owens says he has some unfinished business. Uh, now his reasoning for joining was not Sami Zayn, surprisingly. Um, and then the Judgment Day comes out and this leads to, uh, I believe, a six-man tag between the two groups. Uh, later on, a uh, bitter theory and bitter Bobby Lashley end up brawling in the ring after, I believe it was a theory's match. Um, this um, set up 
the triple threat match for the United States Championship at War Games this Saturday between Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory. Uh, after Baron Corbin had his match um, with JBL at ringside, uh, Akira Tozawa showed up, and it looks like he's finally dropped that god-awful ninja gimmick. Fucking, why would you make... How, it just looks bad, like... Asian guy and they're just like put the ninja gimmick on him. I agree. And like it's he's not been, a good look. He's been he's been the ninja for so long now, and they finally went back to like what he was. I think uh, in when he was in the company Evolve and when he first was part of the uh, cruiserweight cruiserweight classic, uh, division. Yeah. yeah, the two of five live. Um, Which, he has the shorts. Anybody, and he has the blonde you know, hair. It, it's weird to think. You know, I'm 32. Andy's about to turn 30. And Jeremy's right there too. You know, it's like one of those things. It's weird when you get old and you say, "Well, four years ago, five years ago, you think like, yeah, that's not when." Well, first of all, I said when you get old. When you get older, but if someone says, "Oh, four years ago," you think oh, that wasn't that long. Especially with COVID, it feels like everybody's life went on pause. But I always forget that there's like you know four years for like a you know, let's say you were twelve in 2019 you know or uh, 2018 and you know that's a long time for a kid if you remember especially in like high school and stuff that's like that's a whole high school career so there might have been people what i'm getting at is there might have been people who might not have seen the cruiserweight classic that we're talking about it the original cruiserweight classic that they did in like what was it andy 25th 16 16 or 17 yeah like it was probably excellent. 16. It was awesome. I just remember the match that stood out for me during that was Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi. So good. Now, Kota Ibushi didn't sign. You know, he was, came in from New Japan just to be part of that. But that match was amazing. Yeah, I think for me, too, is what I liked about that, I guess, incarnation of whatever that style is is sometimes on the independence and even in Ring of... Uh, not Ring of Honor. Uh, even the independence and sometimes in all elite wrestling, sometimes just things get, like, a little too crazy where you're like, all right, he just did, like, four pile drivers and, like, now he's standing back up. Where the style that they did in that Cruiserweight Classic was, like, I don't know. I thought it was hard-hitting It just really good. Like, it felt like a competition. It really it was, but at like the that- time, you... That style wasn't, like, shown all the time. It was, like, you didn't see it as often as it is now, so it was, like, something special, you know, when something isn't shown all the time. And, of course, there's going to be people listening, and, you know, I don't want to disrespect those people. Look, I understand there's a group of people that have been watching PWG and Ring of Honor and, you know, uh, what else? Uh, um, It was a real big one. Dragon Gate USA. That was another big one. I understand that people, and then, you know, people have obviously been watching New Japan. I understand people have seen this style. I'm just saying it was very accessible at the time, especially with the WWE Network. I, I thought it was a really cool tournament, and uh, it actually, I remember I looked forward to it. I, I was excited to, to watch it. Yeah, for, like, it's something that wasn't, like, a weekly show I actually, like, paid attention to. Um, right. But it, I guess because in, in you know, we got to give old Ring of Honor its props. You know, it felt more like a genuine sport, you know, than some of the silliness that goes on. And this, that whole tournament, if you've never seen it, it felt very competitive. It was very good. So I, it's also you know, where we long, saw... 
Long-winded tangent, go watch the Cruiserweight Classic Original Tournament. Well, last thing I had, it's, it's where we saw a lot of guys for the first time, um, at least in WWE. We saw Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, uh, Akira Tozawa, uh, Brian Kendrick made his return after years, uh, TJP uh, showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, if there's any younger people listening, if you think those guys are crazy athletic and great at what they do now... Think about when they were six years younger and even better shape what they were doing. So yeah. I'd recommend checking it out. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah, point is, <laughs> I was like, well, how, like how did we get off? Point is, Akira Tozawa is not a ninja See, this anymore. is why, like, if Jeremy, if Jeremy was here, he would have moved us along. We, we need our chaperone. I know, I know, I know. You and me, we have these conversations like this when we're just by ourselves. Yeah. Hanging out. This, this is how um, we talk in real life, people. The point is, point is Akira Tozawa was no longer a ninja, thank God. Um, <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's not going to be he's not gonna be going after the 24-7 title any longer because they got rid of that. Um, but to wrap up Raw, Rhea Ripley ended up beating Asuka to gain the War Games advantage for uh, her team. And we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that once we actually get to Survivor Series War Games. But that wraps up Raw. Let's get the dynamite. Dynamite uh, opened up with William Regal. Um, I showed uh, we actually watched this segment together again uh, when I stayed over Saturday night. So William Regal's in the ring after betraying um, John Moxley at um, full gear and says that MJF's not there tonight. Uh, he's on a movie set, which makes me wonder. I think I've heard rumors that he's going to be on in that Iron Claw movie with Zac Efron. Uh, about the Von Erics. So, if that's true, that'd be really interesting. Um, eventually, of course, John Moxley comes out. And this dude is pissed off. And before he can even do anything, Brian Danielson timed it perfectly and runs in the ring and stops Moxley from going after William Regal. Uh, to sum it up, Brian Danielson says that William Regal um, has done a lot for him. And... Uh, to basically spare him and don't do anything to him. He has uh, bleeding in his brain and some other injury they had. Uh, I think he mentioned something with his knees. But uh, Moxley basically, or Brian Danielson slapped Moxley for one, which was surprising. If you remember that, Tim. I remember your face, at least, when you saw it. You were, hit him you hard. Were, you looked at me, you were like, damn. Um, and... So Moxley gets on the mic and then just tells William Regal to get out of the ring and run and keep running till he can't run anymore. Um, I believe MJF is back this week, so we'll hear more about that. Uh, I thought it was a good opening segment, though, for the show. Um, kind of set the tone. And you know what? It's a good thing William Regal betrayed Moxley because William Regal is, at his core, a bad guy in the wrestling world, you know? I love the it. The only time he really... Yeah. He's he's exactly doing what he should do. I did not like... I was... I, look, you know, it's weird, you know, without Jeremy here to balance some of this out, but I don't like that the Combat Club. I like all the members of the Combat Club. Even I've even said in past episodes, Moxley grew on me, especially with just how hard of a worker in general. And when I say worker, I don't mean in the ring, um, which, you know, he works hard there too. But... I just meant like how hard of a 
company guy he is and, you know, uh, just all the stuff he's done. So he's, I really like him too. So I just don't like the actual faction. I just That's think just AW has too many factions. But Well, th- if they could just get rid of the ones that don't matter. Like, they gotta... There's like... And I know that they needed a bunch. Maybe they were building this uh, trios division for a couple years, and, I, you know, we didn't know about it. But it just feels like there's so many, like... Like, the Death Triangle. That's, like, the worst one to me. Well, that's the most random one. Like, throw a pack in there. <laughs> It's like, I get the Lucha Bros, they're actual brothers, but they either back in there. It's like, what? <laughs> um, well, speaking of factions, Orange Cassidy ends up beating Jake Hager, and the faction, the Factory, comes out, led by QT Marshall. And they surround the ring, and then uh, lights go black. And speaking of black, the House of Black returned. Wearing a Malachi Black shirt myself. House of Black. Uh, how- House of Black has been off TV, what do you want to say, like two months probably? At least at least since like yeah. All Out. Okay, I mean, for the bigger deal that they made out of, um, you know, Tommy End or Malachi Black, whatever you want to call him, like leaving, it, uh, it, it didn't go as long as I thought. No, I really thought it was going to be way longer. <laughs> I mean, I really think that the dude just probably was like, hey, I just need a little break. Like, give me some time, I'll be back. But everybody took it as, like, he's leaving, Triple H is going, he's going back to WWE. I mean, we... we I mean, the timing was very, the timing was very coincidental that, like, you know, during, right right when Triple H took over, but... um, So, House of Black comes out, uh, it starts with Julia Hart up at the top of the ramp, and then um, all the three members are in the ring, they attack the best friends and Orange Cassidy, and then they attack... um, the factory. My hope is, and this is why I mentioned to you, that they get booked now that they're back and they've returned, that they actually get booked well. Because if you remember, they were fucking losing a lot. And this is actually a team that I th- I really dig. All the Maybe members that's... make sense, you know, to me, and the group as a whole is... is the, I love the, the only, idea. The only member I don't like in the group... Is Buddy, Buddy Matthews, or Buddy yeah, Buddy Matthews? It just I'm like okay. I feel like there could have been someone else in there. You know, like, You're like just... where's your tats, dude? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the clip of the week right there. It's no, not Julia Hart that doesn't fit into you. The cheerleader. Well, <laughs> yeah, but they turned. They turned her. You know. Well, maybe they turned Buddy Matthews. Like I don't feel like in the underworld, he's great like, though. Gonna... Performing wise, wrestler wise, no, he's awesome. He's... But like, you know, in the evil world, you got to think you got to pr- you probably have other stuff going on besides like lifting weights. You know, you got like sp- spells to cast. He... I don't know. He's dating Rhea Ripley. That's his. Yeah, that's uh, in that's his card. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's his. his uh, yeah, th- he's like, oh, see, I'm dark. Hashtag. <laughs> Right. He's living every perv's dream <laughs> in the wrestling world. I told you yeah. that she gets mad like DMs, like from per- like perverted DMs. She says, That's "Gross." First of all, <sighs> like, it's just like like, like BDSM like, DMs, like shoot your shot, like like weird ass neckbeard dudes. We like, gotta shoot your shot. I'm like, no, you don't. Just shh. just don't do that. It's weird. Don't <laughs> message female wrestlers, guys, and tell them creepy ass shit. Just don't do that. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so moving forward, if you remember, AEW has been doing a world title eliminator tournament. Well, we had the final this week. So the winner of this match will now go on. I think a winner is coming to face MJF. Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. Winner was Ricky Starks. Mike-wise, on the mic, I think that's a, some good promo work that could be done. Mm-hmm. Ricky Starks and MJF. They're both yeah. arrogant as shit. Uh, God, you know, as good as Ricky Starks is, obviously... MJF is uh, fresh. He's in his, he, well, yeah, but he's like on another level. But you pair a guy when he's ready. I like you. I think you need to do one more MJF versus like another top guy storyline, and then I mean MJF is the top dude. Then he can start elevating people. You know, he can have matches with Ricky Starks. And all of a sudden, you start taking Ricky Starks more seriously because MJF is now on that tier where you're like, he's up. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, when you get to a certain level, you can wrestle other guys and start changing the opinion, people's opinion on other people. So. Like, you're saying you want to build Ricky Starks, but don't throw him at MJF until MJF has made he's himself even- seem like a qualified champion. Which he is, and he's like a huge star, yeah. but I just think you like cement it with one more program. You know what I mean? Before like, you start him, building like, a new store. Give him one more like top top uh dragon to slay. Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm I'm trying to think of who that person would be, especially now that he you, the punk feud was supposed to be the thing. That's the direction you know that they were going. I'd like to see Adam Cole versus MJF. I just down the man, line. Yeah. I I not soon. I mean, I for for match quality, like if you're fantasy booking and like a like a video game or like a pay per view, like I I like it. It's just like how do you make it? Be, I guess all these years of watching, I've kind of realized like, okay, just because you can tear the house down and have a five star match, right? Like and do everything. It's like how do you make it so people are like super invested and. That I will say that's the you know one of the things that MJF is extremely good at. So I ho- that I feel like they would could have a cool program. It's just like one of those things. Like I don't want to see it. What story the, do you tell? You know. Yeah, like I don't want to see it unless the story is like there. Is Kyle O'Reilly out of AW two or just hasn't been? I know Bobby is. Yeah, that was a weird era. It's like Adam Cole got hurt and there's like nothing. Well, and for the dude that came in with so much hype, I don't feel like they really did anything with him. Mm-mm. I mean, he, he hasn't been seen Owen, since Forbidden Door. He did win the you know the Owen Hart tournament, mm-hmm. and he had he was. Britt doesn't even walk the, around with her belt anymore. I mean, she walked around for like two weeks because she won too. Remember, both of them won their respective tournaments. Yeah, I don't know. There was probably a plan for them. As like boyfriend but, girlfriend Owen Hart champion. So I don't know. It'll be interesting how they book MJF moving forward without like killing stars. Yeah. I don't know how. You know. Hopefully, he has enough say in what he does at this point, where you know he doesn't let anything stupid happen. 
Well, let's move on to your favorite death triangle. Uh, we had the Elite versus Death Triangle. This is now match two, best of seven. So the first of the seven was at full gear. So for these trios titles, it's not just a one-off. Um, they actually showed all the dates at the bottom of the screen. I forget where it's ending, but it definitely goes all the way through like December. All right. It's going to get ranty at this part with the Elite versus Death Triangle because they were in Chicago. Tim, I know you saw everything that went down. So let's start with, at Full Gear, the crowd was chanting, like, fuck CM Punk. Um, and they were chanting for the Elite. Now they're in Chicago, and the chants that went down were CM Punk, obviously just straight up CM Punk chants. They were uh, fuck the Elite chants. And uh, there was same old shit, which is funny. I listened to Corny, and he was talking about how they was like they do the same fucking shit. How he hated the match. I think at Full Gear between the he's like it was unwatchable because <laughs> basically. Uh, and then the crowd in Chicago ended up chanting like same old shit. So it's just funny how that. Um, so there were some things that were done by the elite during the match that. Uh, according to them, were not planned, which I think it makes it worse if you're doing this on the fly. Uh, Kenny bit Pac's forearm in the spot where apparently Kenny was bit. Uh, Matt Jackson went for a buckshot lariat and failed and sat down on his ass, kind of like CM Punk did. Um, Kenny ended up doing a GTS um, to Pac, I believe. And in the end, the winners, who are now 2-0 and in this out of seven, was Death Triangle yet again. All right, what's your opinion on what went down in Chicago? Is it petty? I believe so. If it's not... Is it the biggest okay. work of all time? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's master level, if, if it is, okay? Like, I don't think anything would ever beat it. Um, but it's petty if it's not a work. If you were Tony Khan, would you have yelled at them? Well, only because they came like, back. Hey, dude, the three of you are office professionals. You lead by example. You're in management. You're somebody's boss. You know, what kind of message is that sending? I'm well, and look. I and was gonna say Kenny, Kenny before Dynamite at some point, maybe the day before or whatever, had done an interview and said he wanted fans to forget about the all-out brawl. Yet you go out there and remind them of the shit. That's the why I just keep being like, is this? I don't know what's going on now. Like, obviously, Kenny not- did have a bite mark on him. Yes, I mean if you remember the photo, but was it was it a shoot situation that they've now decided that they're gonna do something with? But like I saw Brian Alvarez said, why would AEW want to buy out CM Punk's contract? I read that they don't want to buy it out. Right. So recently, which, I read that. which means what they would want him to come back to work. 
or just they fire took him, them? They took him off the cover of Fight Forever. I think they might have taken him out of the game. I know they definitely took him off the front and replaced him with Kenny. Spot-wise. I he don't know. The center. It's like, I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, yeah, I really, I really don't know. Well, Death Triangle won. I think what they did was stupid. Um, I mean, I just hate being reminded of all the bullshit. It's like, okay, like, throw it in our face again. And then Kenny had to tweet to Kenta afterwards, thanking him for letting him use the move, which CM Punk has never done. Like, See, that's the stuff I'm like, you know that Megan girl or whoever is like the HR person? Like, that's mm-hmm. the person that should be like, what are you doing? You're instigating the guy on national television. You're like, obviously in court, they could just, like, if he's like, yeah, they, these guys just, like, harassed me. Like, here, they're just, like, making fun of me this whole part right here. That's going to make you, yeah, in front of millions of people <laughs> like, I'm on like, live television. This I is, don't know. Yeah. Well, let's get to the main event. Main event was Chris Jericho versus Tomohiro Ishii. For the RRH World Title, they're well, smart Chris though. Jericho. Who the Bucks and Kenny? Mm-hmm. I just realized because they didn't do anything, they may have mocked his move. They may have done the finishing move, but other than that, there's nothing that you can say. They're like, "Oh, we were just having a match. We were doing a fake." Uh, a bite spot. I mean, yeah, there's and... no proof, but you, if you know, you know. It's a, that's one know, of those you know, things. If you know, you know. It's just like they did just enough where they're like, oh, they can like have like you know denial about it or whatever. Yeah. So, like I said, though, main event was Chris Jericho versus Tomohiro Ishii for the ROH World Title. Jericho's still um, going after previous ROH champions. Um, pretty good match. Also, if you like that style, I mean, they there was some hard slap stuff going on. This is the same guy that had the match, the other pay-per-view, Tim, before with Eddie Kingston. That we were like, oh, was my a God. sissy boy slap fight? At all out. For a little bit, but not like Eddie Kingston, because Jericho doesn't do all that that long. Um, sissy boy I slap fight is the name of a movie <laughs> that Kenny Omega is in on YouTube. Look it up, people. Is it real? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, winner was Jericho. Just so uh, I don't get, up. just so I don't get like, just so someone's like, see your Timmy said sissy on the show. I'm like, no, it's the name of the, it's the name of the movie that he's in. All right, just to clarify. Go after. <laughs> try to get, don't get me canceled. <laughs> so winner was Jericho. Um, that wraps up Dynamite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch it up this week and do Rampage. Do some research. Uh, I'm going to switch over this week and do Rampage right after Dynamite and then do SmackDown. That way, SmackDown leads directly into Survivor Series. Uh, so Rampage, the only thing I had to talk about was the main event, which was Dark Order versus the Butcher, the Blade, and Roosh. Winners were Butcher, Blade, and Roosh. In the end, um, if you remember the member of Dark Order, Tim, named Ten, he has the tally marks. He's like the kind of jack guy, wears a mask. He has the tally marks on his chest. His just name is yeah. Ten. He's the Jack guy well, that turned... cut a, the Jack guy that couldn't cut a promo. So they were like, "All right, we'll put a mask on him and <laughs> let him well, let him learn until he's ready." 
Ten turned on the Dark Order, took off his mask, and joined. Because he's ready situation. now. <laughs> yeah, he's ready now. <laughs> Let us see the face. I told you. Brody Lee's son, Negative One, was sitting there on the top of the ramp, sad, holding uh, Ten's mask. That whole thing always sorry. me out. Yeah, so sorry, I had to I had to bum us out real quick. Um, so that's all I really have for Rampage. Uh, SmackDown, though, let's get in before we dive into Survivor Series. Uh, SmackDown opened up with the Babyface Women's War Games team, which I'll call Bianca's team. Bianca's team uh, revealed that their final member is a returning Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch came back from injury. Crowd went crazy. It was good to see her back. So she is the final member for Bianca's team. Uh, Santos Escobar uh, faced Butch in a World Cup semifinal. During the match, uh, it showed the Brawling Brutes getting attacked, or Ridge Holland, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus getting attacked backstage. Butch was distracted, and the winner to move forward into the finals of the World Cup was Santos Escobar. There was a segment from Bray Wyatt in the ring, which um, first I'll talk about the phone call. So during quick flashes of some images, uh, yep. there was a phone. There was a phone number on there, and if you called it, um, I guess Tim has suggested maybe I play like thirty seconds of it, if that. Uh, so hopefully you can hear it. If not, well, that way we can save the people from not having to call the number. It suffers from delusions of grandeur. Perhaps the most extreme incidents I've encountered. I'm concerned that no regimen of treatment or medication will be able to counter the imbalance of power in the patient's psyche. They're prone to disorganized thought patterns that communicate a sense of unmatched importance. Bouts of isolation seem to have amplified their inner monologue. And so I'll stop it there. So it's a phone number that sounds like, you know, it's coming from a psych doctor, like a psych ward, or, I mean, would you say it, Tim? But, um, yeah. It, it almost reminds me if anybody ever played the um, Arkham uh, Arkham games with Batman. Or oh, that's when, it. When, the, when yeah. the Joker was being, like, talked to, talked about in the beginning. That's what yeah. it reminds me of. Um, so Bray Wyatt comes out to the ring says he wasn't the one who attacked LA Knight. Um LA Knight, you know, definitely says that he was attacked, but he's causing a masked freak. Um Uncle Howdy comes up on the screen and uh basically keeps telling the audience that Bray's a liar. Um there I mean there's much more that he says, but that's the overall message that um he's sending out is that uh Bray Wyatt is lying, that he is a liar. So, with that phone call and that message from Uncle Howdy, and, you know, it really is starting to come together like a split personality, you know, multiple personality thing that we kind of were talking about that everyone kind of thought that it might get to. Would you agree, Tim? Yeah. I I think it's like one of those things that, from the beginning, I was hoping that this was the direction that they were going to go. I wonder, though, at what point... Is it, gonna, is it going to be something like a Mick Foley where he can just pick what entity he wants to be in said match? 
I don't know. I mean, he mentioned The Fiend this week. He was like, you all want The Fiend, right? You all want that violent side of me. Like, he actually mentioned The Fiend on television. And, you know, we haven't seen, you know, the the Huskus, the Pig, you know, all those characters that showed up at Extreme Rules. I thought they were going to be brought in, like, week by week. I don't know if we're going to see Huskus, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we're going to see any of them. I think it's just Uncle Howdy and... Uh, who who's Uncle Howdy though? Under the mask, I'm still yes. saying Bo Dallas. But like, but why? Someone commented they were like, "It's Randy Orton." I was like, "You're a fucking idiot." Randy Orton just got lower back surgery fusion on it. Like, that's they were just saying that, bro. It's work. Randy under Randy under the mask. I don't know. I'm just I'm wondering when the payoff is. Does he come out to the Rumble like as four different people? <laughs> <laughs> like Dude Love and Cactus Jack and Mick Foley and Mankind. <laughs> well, is the payoff all the way till WrestleMania? Or they is it super long term storytelling? I don't know. I I really don't know. It's like he's gonna do like the Finn thing, where he's like, he's "I'm gonna to show you match. something you've never seen before," and then he, be- <laughs> then he becomes the demon. <laughs> I remember yeah, that. You have, have a magic pack. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with him moving forward. Um, let's get to the next World Cup semifinal. Winner of this will face Santos Escobar in the finals to get the Intercontinental title shot against Gunther. It was Ricochet versus Braun Strowman. Tim, who do you think won this? Um, Braun Strowman. No. <laughs> no. He- Ricochet won this to everyone's surprise, because uh, they they've made it seem like Braun versus Gunther is the match that they want to see, and they had Ricochet win this. Um, so it's gonna be Ricochet versus Santos Escobar. Maybe come back a little later to Braun Strowman versus Gunther. Triple maybe the punishing just... punishing Braun for his uh, tweets because he needs to stay off Twitter and stop. What did he What did he tweet? Just making fun of, talking shit about guys that do flips and stuff. I mean, Ricochet brought it up to him on live TV. He's like, he's like, you know, I know I'm one of those flippy floppy guys, but then Brom's like, hmm. it was after Crown Jewel. He's like, see, almost we can have a five star match without doing flippy floppy stuff. Oh, first of all, Braun, your a match five was not five star. star. <laughs> you didn't have a five, five star, star match with Omos. Take her easy, boss. You're here. Her. I need you to take it down to that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, uh, we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage. Uh, Kevin Owens basically went up to Sami and told him to, uh, that he won't be there to save him this time, and he basically needs to turn on the bloodline before the bloodline turns on him. Jay Uso secretly heard him backstage talking to him and confronted Sami. Sami. Sami said he hadn't talked to anyone, so now Jay knew he was lying. Uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre defeated the Usos to gain the advantage for their team at War Games, and that wrapped up SmackDown, and we can finally dive straight into War Games. So me and Tim, as War games. usual, War games. Uh, as usual, watched the pay-per-view together. Together. Uh, I went over to, together, I went over to his house, so... 
Pay-per-view opened up with a women's war games match. It was Becky Lynch, Mia Yim, Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, and Asuka versus Rhea Ripley, Io Sky, Bailey, Nikki Cross, and Dakota Kai. After about, I don't know, like 40, 45 minutes, the match finally could start because all members at the Rules of War Games is all members have to be in before. I know that we're going to get into it, but, you know, you're reading me, you're reading me back the people that are in the match and yeah, it's, it's stacked. Every girl in this match is awesome. It just went on forever before the match actually started. And by the time it did, I was like, I'm over this. For some reason, yeah. I, I mean, I get it. You know, I was looking over you. I was like, you know, this is going to be like 45 minutes till the match. Actually, Bell actually like fucking ranks in this thing. You're like, you're, you're like I'm just going to go back to playing guitar <laughs> while, while this thing's going on. Um, so... It was a, I mean, there was a couple cool spots during the match. A lot of weapons, which I'm usually not a big fan of to bring in to an already gimmicked match. And I don't think you're I a fan really of it either. Like I hate it. Um, a lot. I mean, Nikki Cross brought in a lot of weapons, a lot of kendo sticks. Tr- uh, there was trash can lids. That um, just makes me think can. of like 2000, the year 2000 WCW. With the hardcore title going around. Like. Jimmy King in the Triple Cage. <laughs> Ready to rumble. That's what that makes me think of. <laughs> the Triple Cage and Ed Weapons. We got Double Cage and Ed Weapons in there. Triple Cage. Um, I will say I did enjoy the final spot, which was Becky Lynch's leg drop off the top through the table um, to get the pin. I think you you even were like, okay, that was cool. When we yeah. when we watch that part, um, so winners were Becky Lynch, Mia Yim, Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, and Oscar. Next match, uh, which wrestling wise was the best match on the show, um, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Uh, this was good. Maybe midway through the match, uh, the Good Brothers, Damian Priest and Dominic, fall into the crowd and were not seen for the rest of the match. So it was left to just. AJ and Finn, you know, you get two top athletes like these guys in the ring, and it's, as they say, they'll put on a clinic. Um, and that's what, it, in my opinion, it was. Um, after, you know, multiple weeks of members of the uh, OC losing, they finally got the win with AJ Styles winning. Um, I want to say it was 2019, 2018. Uh, was it at No Mercy or Extreme Rules? I want to say Extreme Rules. Finn and AJ wrestled each other for the first time um, because Bray Wyatt got sick, so AJ stepped in. It was a surprise match, and uh, for the fans at least. Uh, Balor ended up going over, and this time AJ did. AJ won this time with a phenomenal forearm. Uh, picture perfect. Uh, Finn at times went for the Styles Clash, which was cool to see. Overall, really good match. I actually want to go back and watch it because when me and Tim hang out, you know, we're kind of shooting the shit while watching. Um, so I actually want to go back and watch it without, you know, the distraction of that. But when it was AJ Styles, I really like this match. Tim? Oh, God. These are two of my favorite guys. I love both of them. So. This is I would have been fine with either guy winning. I wanted AJ to win, though. But I mean, obviously, they did this once before. 
what was it when AJ got back from Saudi Arabia? They did it. No, he flew in from like South America, like super quickly. Oh uh, yeah, and he, but like, yeah, he was out of the country. Is the point? Yeah. So, but yeah, we've like you know fantasy booked this match, and like this is the match I wanted to see. I really thought it's at one point. I think it's too late now, but at one point it would have been a WrestleMania match. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. I really liked it. Yeah, their first encounter, Finn had to be the demon, um, and you know, of course, at that time the demon never lost. Uh, so the demon went over when it came to him versus AJ. But the story they kind of the the commentators were telling it's like who is the best leader of the club. Now they did use the words bullet club at times, but uh, you know, for the most part, they said the club. Um, and they did talk about, you know, their history as being the leader. So that was kind of the story that was being told. It's like, who is the best leader out of these two guys? Um, and so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, next match was Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Tim, when I got back uh, yesterday, I actually rewatched this. It's not that long of a match. I'm, I'm Look, no... <sighs> Try to be nice about this, all right? I like Shotzi. I don't... I've never really been a big fan of Ronda's matches. I don't know if it's her style. You know, she's like the judo girl and lots of submissions with her. I think it's because it's I don't. I don't find her matches exciting. Yeah, I mean, I don't find her matches exciting. The story told during this match is basically like Ronda fucking dominated her. Shotzi... Came back at some point. Baszler was on the outside helping. Um, but in the end, you know, Ronda ran through Shotzi and put her in the arm bar and Shotzi tapped out. I think that's well, fair to terrible. say. The match was not terrible. It's just, it wasn't exciting. We just got done. I mean, it's also a bad spot to go in. They just got done AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. The crowd was, like, not as into it anymore. I think that's fair to say. Like, first of all, at one point, I thought Brock Lesnar was a great worker in the ring. As far as like, I mean, not worker, but like, like his great, first like, run, in ring technician. Yeah, like you know the Kurt Angle Bret Hart. His first run was was very good. Yeah, in his first run. But I love Brock as a character. Am I a huge fan of Brock's like matches that he has nowadays? I mean, not really. Like. They're fun every now and then, but really, it's just kind of like he does his thing. He suplexes people. I feel like Ronda's unless, dude, like, him versus AJ was fun to watch. Him versus Finn, Daniel Bryan. When there's like a size difference think, and like Brock actually wants to work with them and put on a good match, those are actually fun to watch. Yeah, like the Brock's Dean one of the best won. sellers in in wrestling. Yeah, the Moxley one, he did not want to. No, he didn't want to work with them. He also said he didn't want to work with Kevin Owens. That that was an old story that Paul Heyman's like, Brox really hasn't said no to a lot of people except for like Kevin Owens, which is I I never found out why. That's weird. Because I th- I thought I think that would have been a good match, but what do I know? Booker Andy, get the T-shirt. <laughs> get the T-shirt, Booker Andy. Get the Booker Andy T-shirt. Um, people, I've had people reach out. They want the Booker Andy shirt. Dude, I think we're going to give it to them. New year, new shirt. Yeah, new year, new shirts. Even more shirts. Um, so our next match, again, Tim, I went back and watched it when I uh, 
got home. I rewatched it, I should say. Um, Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. This match was pretty good. Pretty good, if I'm being honest. Um, triple threats are weird, as the wrestlers who actually are in them usually say they're kind of hard to do. And so what they did during this match a lot of the time was you know, separated the guys so there was usually only two going at it at one time. You know, the third would come in and get involved for a little bit, but someone would either be on the outside of the ring or or what have you. Um, one thing I'll say about Rollins is he's always in the spot and lands where he needs to be for the next part of the match. Um, he's just so good at, at that kind of stuff. Every guy looked good in this match. Bobby, I'm enjoying his matches more and more as he's not working with, you know, big guys like Braun or Omos or or Brock. Um, you know, he's a big guy, but he can actually go. Um, so, yeah, this match was really good. I would, If you haven't seen it, I would actually go and, and watch it. Um, so, in the end, if I remember correctly... Uh, Bobby went for a spear as he, as Seth Rollins, uh, was holding up Austin Theory. Theory came down and landed on Rollins and Austin Theory became the new United States champion. Now this was surprising to me. I didn't think they'd take the belt off of Seth Rollins right away, but thinking about it, it just shows, and Tim, you tell me if you agree or not, that Triple H is like, Austin Theory can be the guy one day. Vince was pushing him too fast. He was not at the level to be the champion, but he's at a level that he can do something with, say, a title like the United States title. Yeah. Um, I think that's where he is now. I just think maybe the people that are in charge now don't see him in the same way that maybe Vince saw him. You know, maybe Vince Holm is the guy. In well, he's been like, on the main roster less than a year. You know, maybe Triple H was just like, you know, I see you as the future of the company in some capacity, but let's get you there without rushing to get you there. You know, you don't want to you know, shove Roman Reigns down our throat kind of situation. Like, Yeah, I do. I do think Triple H is probably, probably naturally better at building somebody like that just based off of his track record from NXT. Yeah. Um, But let's wrap up the show with the main event. Uh, It was the men's war games match. It was the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. Um, The story of this match, I would say, is Sami Zayn having to prove his loyalty and the relationship between him and Jey Uso. Would you agree? Yeah, and I love the story to be honest, just because the ending. It, it was, it was a great match, um, storytelling wise, especially. So one of my favorite moments that stood out is uh, Jay goes for a super kick to um, Butch. Sami Zayn's Sami Zayn is holding him, and Butch ducks out of the way. Jay hits Sami Zayn with a super kick, and Jimmy wants to go help him up, and Jay says no, and they leave. Sammy on the ground. Um, that was one particular moment. Uh, another one is Kevin Owens after doing a pop-up powerbomb 
and my voice is cracked. After doing a pop up power bomb and a uh, and a stunner, uh, goes to pin Roman Reigns, and he probably would have did it if it wasn't for Sami Zayn coming in at the right moment and grabbing the ref's hand before it hits three and making sure it doesn't hit the mat. When this happens, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn look at each other and Kevin Owens is saying, you think this they're your family? You know, he's like, this is your family. And then he, um, I believe he gets Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso. Um, I think he's about to do either pop a powerbomb or a stunner to him. Or he's holding him in some way. I don't know. But the point is, Sami Zayn ends up low-blowing Kevin Owens before he can do the move. Jay Uso, Uso gets a splash off the top rope. Winners are the bloodline. Jay and Sami Uso finally hug it out. They are cool with one another. No more bitterness. Bloodline reigns supreme. Sami Zayn is finally probably an unofficial Uso. Um, hopefully they don't change his name to Sami Uso, but... Um, where do you go from here? You know, what's the only way you can go from here now is breaking up the bloodline. Does does Kevin Owens get attacked one day by the entire bloodline and Sami Zayn comes out and and saves him? You know, I think what we're getting to and I think what's been talked about that I've heard is the Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn for the tag titles at WrestleMania. And I'm about that. So they just basically the bloodline has just to keep killing Kevin Owens until Sami Zayn can't take it anymore. And it's just like it's the Star Wars ending when the Emperor is torturing yeah. Luke and finally he can't take it anymore. No. So, <laughs> so. Sami Zayn, yeah. And then Sami Sami uh, turns on him and comes back to KO's side. And then, you know, I, I would like to see Sami and Kevin, especially knowing their backstory, be the undisputed WWE tag team champions. I think that'd be cool to see. Yeah. And it'd be a good storytelling for them to be the ones to, especially Sammy, to take the belts off of the Usos. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like to see it. I think this WrestleMania is gearing up or has potential to be, you know, one of the best. With it, it'll, it'll be the first meeting of Triple H's booking. You know, we got a lot of talent now. I'm really excited for the rumble of what Triple H, his surprises would be compared to someone like Triple Vince H. bringing back Diesel or someone like you know, <laughs> hey. Triple H probably would do that because that's his friend. Don't disrespect my man, Big Kev. I thought he was dead. <laughs> my sister said, Kevin Nash, I thought he was dead. Oh, God. I forgot CM Punk. CM, CM Punk. While oh, you're flipping, flipping eggs at Waffle House. Sorry. Mm. Old promo. Old promo, guys. Take um, a shower. Yeah. Take some notes or something like that. I can't remember <laughs> what you said. Like, but uh, overall, Tim, what do you think of the pay per view? It's the first time they they did I, a war I game liked, Survivor Series. I liked it more than Full Gear, to be honest with you. Triple H. Uh, there was a press conference afterwards. Uh, the Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman part was very good. They had Becky Lynch on, I think, with Bianca Belair afterwards, and then they had Triple H talking. Triple H mentioned how. You know, he wanted to try war games. Um, he thought some of the old ways might have been played out for a little bit. 
And, you know, when you do something for so long and you take it away, when it comes back the next time, it'll be, you know, special again. Mm-hmm. You know, you do this, the team on team versus one another every single year. It's going to get played out. But if you wait and then you bring it back, you know, I know me personally as a fan, eventually I'm going to be like, you know, I miss the Survivor Series team thing. And then they're going to bring it back and then I'm going to be hyped for it. Yeah. You know, but uh, that wraps up. Our show before Tim sends us off. Follow me on Instagram, guys, at 4-0 fan bro- the 4-0 Fan Bros. Come on, I need some followers and likes on my fucking podcast. Followers, collection. guys. Come on. Um, but yeah, Tim, <laughs> take take us out with your uh, classic show of the week. Classic show of the week is Survivor Series 2002. On this show, we have uh, a crazy tables match that. Uh, it's, I think it was a three-minute warning. Uh, Bubba, Ray, Jeff Hardy, and Spike Dudley? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't have the card in front of me. Um, and then there's a great tag match with uh, Los Guerreros, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> and then yeah, Juan so Kurt Angle. Yeah. yeah, so that's a great match. So good. We get the return of Scott Steiner. Yeah, during return of that. Scott Steiner. The first ever uh, elimination chamber, which in my opinion is the best elimination chamber. It's so good. And Shawn Michaels is competing in only his second match. After and he has a Dutch boy haircut. Break. He has poop brown tights and a Dutch boy haircut. But for some reason, he looks cool. I don't know why. You get Brock uh, Lesnar versus The Big Show. Yes. Um, uh, and I can't remember anything else because it's 20 years old. Yes, I got That's scary to say. But yeah, uh, Survivor Series 2002, awesome show, awesome theme song. And if that's wrapping up the show, I'll take us out. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 62. We appreciate all of you. Like we said, uh, 2023, we're going to get some maybe even more shirt designs. And uh, we're not going anywhere. We're here. If uh, you keep listening, we're going to keep making these episodes. And Jeremy, we miss you. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. And enjoy some wrestling and have a good week. Thank you.